Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Dr. Cohen. How are you? I'm okay. Are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. And uh, you're Lauren Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I'm Dr. Yeah. Jason Cohen. Yes. Yes. And what are we talking about today? Well, today in the news, I bet a lot of our audience probably saw is Matthew Perry, the friend star. Chandler Bing has been in the news a lot. Chandler Bing, that's right. Yeah. Bing from Tulsa, or he worked in Tulsa, which is where I'm from. So Tulsa got a shout out in Friends. But uh, Matthew Perry has a new memoir titled Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Ooh. Do you know what the terrible thing is? Um. Yes. I mean, it's drug addiction. Oh, oh, okay. The big terrible thing is drug addiction. I think drug addiction. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the book where doesn't come out till November 1st, so I haven't read it, but um you got a lot of a lot of intel about it. I read the New York Times article about it, a people article. He's doing all the rounds. He's doing all the PR for it. Yeah, I read the people article. Yeah. So it says, like, apparently there's like a little intro from Lisa Kudrow, who confesses in the foreword that the first question people ask about friends is often, how's Matthew Perry doing? Which I guess means that most people knew he was an addict. I I didn't know the extent of it. Right. I didn't know that. I uh, Maybe I did. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. It kind of seems like everybody at some point is. You mean just like Hollywood stars? Like go through a little bit. For the most part, I don't know. Yeah, and they were like stars in their twenties too, so more likely, I guess. But I know. Apparently, he says that it started when he was fourteen, so way before he did the show with Budweiser and Andre's Baby Duck wine, and then ballooned to include vodka by the court, Vicodin, Xanax, and Oxy. Wow. And I imagine the book gets into it. But I try to look up like his family life. It seemed like he had a normal family life. I don't know. I don't really know what makes someone become an addict like that at 14. And how and how you even get that stuff. But I guess if you need it, you find it. Yeah. At that young age. I mean, I guess his book gets into it, but it's crazy. So I guess it started at 14. So I the question I have is I don't even know how he became a star or how he was able to do 10 years of friends at all. Because of how much he was doing. He said at one point he was doing 50 pills a day, which wow. just seems like it would kill you. Well, it would kill us. But someone, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, with a lot of these things, you build tolerances to it if you're used to taking so much. And, you know, you have to keep taking more and more and more till you feel the effects. And that's why it's so hard to detox and get off of that stuff because your body's just so dependent on it. And it's just so hard to get off of it because your body, you can't even function without it. The crazy thing about addiction is, it, I mean, yeah, there are definitely people who who kind of self-medicate and find substances, you know, to ease the pain or just whatever it is and just to kind of feel good or feel normal. But then there are people who kind of just, like I remember growing up um, with a friend um, and we would, you know, in synagogue, we would have, um, we'd have, the men would go down and have what's called a lachayim, like a quick little drink, like a little shot of one of those tiny plastic shot glasses. And then they'd go back up to service. And it was more like a, a social thing than, you know, maybe they get a little buzz, but that was it. But 
my friend and I would kind of stay down there and have a little bit more so that we felt pretty buzzed. And for me, luckily, it was just, you know, a one and done. And I would look forward to doing it again the next weekend or in two weekends from then. But he just, it just became, you know, he became an addict and, um, you know, and it was started with alcohol and then went on to other drugs and things. And I, I think it's a little bit of bad luck and, and maybe it is a little bit till too of self-medicating, but I think, you know, some people just love the way they feel after that stuff and feels like it's easier to function feeling that way. Matthew Perry, in 2018, apparently, he had pneumonia, an exploded colon, a brief stint on life support, two weeks in a coma, nine months with a colostomy bag, and more than a dozen stomach surgeries. That's how Wow, he admitted that. Wow, I didn't know that. And I clearly was not his surgeon. Um, Wow, he had a colostomy, eh? Yeah. And so he came to the realization that, you know, he was going to die. And I guess apparently now he's been sober for 18 months. Wow. Isn't that long? But I obviously I'm wishing him the best. Yeah. But for an alcoholic, every day yeah. is, a, is a big deal. Or for an addict, every day is a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I guess his therapist is, you know, reminding him he's going to have to wear a bag for the rest of his life. Or Oh, know. he still has a colostomy? No, he doesn't. Just oh, like oh. he'll permanently have to have it. I think if he, I don't know if he can handle any more surgeries. Wow. And there was some story that he had to get. Uh, I read in the People magazine that he was having some procedure done and had already been on a lot of drugs and had a cardiac arrest so much so that he needed CPR and he claims he had a ton of broken ribs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Apparently he was in rehab treatment center in Switzerland, he said. He lied to his doctors and said he had severe stomach pain, which I've seen in scripted medical shows where people fake pain and, you know, for morphine drip or whatever. So I'm surprised yeah. at the rehab center, they believed it, but they prescribed him medication and he was able to curb his addiction. They prescribed him hydrocodone. And then ahead of the surgery, I guess, the, I guess they were looking for the, I don't know what the surgery was, but they gave him peripheral. How is that how you say it? Propofol? Propofol. Propofol. For anesthesia. Yeah. Right. That's the white powder, the white the white stuff that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, who's aware of it talks about it as Michael Jackson, what Michael Jackson was on when he, when he died, it was propofol. Oh, that was the um, drug he wanted, right? Yeah. The the thing about propofol, that's really amazing. I remember when it first came out, it's, it looks like milk, which is pretty interesting. And it has to be stored uh, because it kind of is milk. There's something milky about it. Um, so it could go bad, but it has this amazing, you give it intravenous and it works immediately. And then it, and then it stops super quick too. You know, you give a little bolus, knocks you totally out under anesthesia. And then very quickly, you know, if you're not on a continuous amount of it, you're back up again. And it was such an amazing drug when it first came out, we used to use it all the time, you know, to, to knock someone out really quick to do something to them and then let it wear off really quick. And they were back. And it was, and and now we use it all the time. Anesthesiologists use it all the time because it's a great rapid acting and rapid wearing off drug. It doesn't have a ton of side effects, which is nice and is a fairly safe drug, you know, if used controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's well known, you know, propofol. It's pretty amazing. You know, it's the drug that often you get if you're getting a colonoscopy or something. And I think he was maybe just getting some kind of endoscopy, like a 
like okay. a quick procedure, like a scope or something. But since he had been on other drugs, my guess is he had some weird interaction or just you know, mm-hmm. who knows what. Yeah, like maybe the surgeon did not know he was given an, uh, pills or uh, yeah, I don't who know knows? what happened. But his Nobody heart stopped knows. apparently for five minutes and he had to have CPR for the full five minutes. Right. So he had to pull out of the movie, don't look up because he was in such pain. They CPR broke eight of his ribs, which we talked about before, uh, how CPR can break your ribs. Yeah, which is actually not uncommon, especially in the elderly. You know, in the heat of the moment, we're, you know, you're doing CPR, you're like doing everything to get that patient's heart going again. And it, it's it's really not uncommon to have patients. I have had a recently another patient who who developed an allergic reaction after a scan, during a scan to the intravenous contrast and had to get CPR and also wound up and they got her back right away, but she developed a whole bunch of rib fractures. And that's what took her a while to kind of recover from is the pain because rib fracture pain is, is pretty significant and makes you, makes it hard to breathe and stuff like that. Right. And yeah, so he said he was really disappointed because he couldn't come back. He had a few scenes with like Meryl Streep and uh, I don't think he's, you know, done anything in a while, but. Right. He was cast in Don't Look Up. That's right. Yeah. So he's getting his life together. I don't know if he has any plans to do anything else, but yeah, he's pushing this book. He wants it to help others. And apparently he's got like people on his payroll to help keep him sober, which is smart. And he said he spent like $9 million in rehab treatments. Like so far he thinks. Wow. He's such a charming guy. And at least, you know, his persona has always been like this charming, likable guy. And, uh, you know, I only wish the best for him. And interesting, fun fact, when we mentioned it to the master injector, Bernice, my wife, that we were going to be talking about him, she's like, oh, I used to play racquetball with him. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She, I don't know if he would remember, but she claimed she used to play racquetball with him years and years and years ago. It may have even been pre-friends or right around friends. I'm not even sure. Um, But just interesting, fun fact. Yeah. So she knows him. Yeah. I mean, Apparently, he was only sober one year in Friends, and he said that was the year he was actually nominated for an Emmy. Because I'm wondering how he even did it at all, but I guess he was saying, like, the cast helped, like, you know, prop him up, I guess. I don't know. He says he wasn't a partier. He just, you know, needed, just like you said, needed the pills to, like, feel fine and watch a movie. Wow. What's crazy is, you know, that's that was him in years ago, and and now it's... You know, you're hearing about these young kids, you know, ODing on, you know, they think they're getting some pill and it's laced with fentanyl and and it sounds like it's everywhere. And it's, it's so, so scary as a parent. It's so disturbing. Yeah. Like I was reading, I don't know what, some article about like three kids or not kids, but they were like in their 20s, like adults, like professional adults, like a lawyer. I think one was like a doctor. One was, you know, some other professional business person. Not that it's okay, but they were, you know, they called this number to get cocaine for like whatever, to stay up late on a business call, do whatever. Like, I guess they had done it before, some number that they knew. They all died because it was laced with fentanyl. Wow. That is just, yeah, you know, yeah, it's scary. It's, it's, it's so scary. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I don't even understand. I'm like, if you're a drug dealer, aren't you just killing your clients? Like, I don't even, what is the, why are they doing this? Like, why are yeah. they doing this? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think they think about that. And I think, and I, my guess is that the drug dealers 
are the middlemen probably don't even know what it is they're peddling. You know, they get it from, you know, some other person, you know, and it, there's so many down, you know, it comes from this place and goes to that place. And there's so many. Yeah. It's just an exchange of money. It's just like money, yeah. fast, money fast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yes, I was reading that. That's very scary. Scary times. Scary times. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, for Matthew Perry, hopefully it's like an upward trajectory. I know it's like going to be a lifelong battle, but uh, hopefully it's on the up and up for him. Yeah. Here, here. Go, baby, go. Go, baby, go. Go, baby, um, go. Look at you. It's November. Almost. It's, it's almost <laughs> November and I'm and I'm getting ready for my Movembering. What do you think? Should we take a poll of our, we should probably do a post should I do a full beard? Should I do a mustache? Or should I do a goatee for November for men's awareness, men's health awareness month? No shave November. What do you think? Like you got like the full beard going. That looks good right now. Well, right now I have the full beard, but then should I keep it as a full beard or should I? I've done it all. Remember when I did the mustache? We should do a post of me with the mustache. Yeah, the mustache is pretty great. I kind of like just the mustache. Yeah, that was that was a one and done thing. a November feel to it. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to decide. Actually, I know what I'm going to do, but but what do you think I should do? I mean, I think the mustache looked great. Just the mustache. Okay, all right. I feel you're going to go full beard, which is great, too. We should poll our listeners and viewers, but what I am going to do is the wife has said it's it, the decree has come from above that it's just going to be a goatee. Okay. I was that was actually gonna be my first answer. What does Bernice think? <laughs> That's what she thinks. She I told her I, I said the other day, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's Mo uh, November's coming up. She's like, Oh man, don't do it again. She said, But you know, I like it when you do a goatee. So I have her blessing for a goatee. I mean, I totally understand where she's coming from. My well, husband do you got a mustache one year and I did not care for it. So I, I get it. There but, you go. I think the for November it's like it's kind of fun to see everyone's like mustaches. Yeah. For our audience, if anyone doesn't know, November is a time where there's like fundraisers going on for Mo Bros and Mo Sisters that want to make a difference in mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer in men. Your donation could help save a father, a brother, a son, a friend, a partner in a man's life. There you go. That was good. That was a good plug, Lauren. I like that. Well, plug. no, I mean, Movember, I think you should do. I think we should get you doing like telethons and stuff. Well, if you go to Movember.com, they have like all these like their website gets better every year. And this year they have like four different categories with like apps that you can easily download for different ways to, to get a donation. They haven't had me as a featured player yet on it. Well, you got to grow a mo. Uh -huh. That's that's what you're doing. You can make okay. a move. A move. You can, Walk sixty miles over the month. Host Ooh. a moment where you Ooh, do a moment anything virtual. Having a good time for a good cause. Mow your own way. Do your own thing. Wildcard idea. This all on their website. You can just like download their. Could app. you mow the lawn? You could. That would be a good one. There you go. You can get some money from mowing the lawn. There you go. There you go. That's all I got. You got anything else about Movember? Any tips you want to give people? I don't have anything, but I just want to, um, you know, I had this, in, you know, I wasn't very active in fraternity life in college, but I was in a fraternity and 
it's interesting now, and I was back in New York, and it's interesting now that there's a guy who's here, a couple of guys who I was in a fraternity with are living out here on the West Coast. And from time to time, I've been in touch just sporadically with a couple of them, not many of them. But recently, one reached out and said, you know, this guy who's been living here, who I hadn't even realized it, is pretty sick in the hospital. So I, I wound up going to visit him and, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a pretty, you know, he's, he's got some pretty bad cancer and, but he's, he's doing good and he's getting treated and everything. But it was, it was just, you know, uh, you know, speaking about, you know, men's health and men's health awareness and just bros and mo's and all that stuff. It was just kind of interesting, you know, seeing this guy and then i've now been in touch with a few of the guys because of this guy's health and you guys who were doctors and i was never that close with any of these people but it's just amazing you know this part of it is social media you know what social media does with facebook and instagram and um it's just an amazing thing you know some people who i had in my life for a little bit who were never that close with me all of a sudden you know because of social media because of the fact that i was in a fraternity kind of reconnected with and it's just really has nothing to do with anything but uh just kind of interesting yeah well i hope your friend's okay thank you thank you uh what else lauren well it's almost we're excited to watch a tv show uh, a movie good what is it we talked about it that the oh yes on a future episode we are going to be watching the good nurse the good nurse wasn't there a TV show called The Good Nurse? No, The Good Doctor, which you reviewed. Oh, right. What was the show with Edie Falco called, where she was a drug addict nurse? Nurse Jackie. Oh, Nurse Jackie. Ah, got it. Okay. So combine The Good Wife and Nurse Jackie, and you get The Good Nurse. Yeah. Yeah. The Good Nurse is also, yeah, it stars Jessica Chastain, Eddie Redmay, and it's based on a true story. And I'm pretty sure it's just... A movie, but yeah, it's a Netflix movie that I think comes out, you know, this week or something. Yeah. And we will be reviewing it. It's based on a true story. Pretty crazy stuff. Exciting stuff. I know. I feel like I kind of remember the story, but I'm not going to look it up till I watch it. Yeah. That's our homework assignment. Yeah. So for Halloween, what do you think uh, top costumes are going to be? Top costumes. Halloween pop culture costumes. Okay. I think. Top Gun pilot is going to be way up there. Yeah, me too. Did you do you have a list or I have or... a list? Top Gun's definitely on there, and then yeah, top... stuff that people are every year, but it came out this year, so Elvis is relevant again because of the movie. Right. Barbie and Ken, because I don't know if you've seen those photos of Margot Robbie and Ryan Reynolds playing Barbie and Ken. Yeah, not Ryan Reynolds. I thought it's um Ryan oh, Gosling. Yeah. Gosling, sorry, sorry. Although Ryan Reynolds would have been a good Ken too. Now that you mentioned that. Yeah, but Gosling's great. Those photos are great. Yeah. Um, Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee, because they had that Hulu TV show. Yeah. Stranger Things, Eddie Munson and Vecna. Yeah, my kid years ago was 11 one Halloween. 11 is that. I love that costume. Yeah. 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 She was she was that the first year of Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. Yeah, that was when it was perfect because you could wear the pink dress. And yeah, Yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. What about, is there going to be any um, big mouth costumes? Maybe. I wasn't mm-hmm. on the list, but that doesn't really okay. mean anything. Okay. Um, 
you like this movie. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Evelyn was in there. You know, the she played the mom with the hot dog fingers. Remember that scene? Oh, the hot dog <laughs> fingers. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like oh, that would yeah, be a good that'll costume. be a great costume. Hot dog fingers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna text my kid that she should be everything, everywhere, all at once. Hot dog fingers. Yeah, Evelyn, hot dog fingers. Um, what else? Well, on the list was Carmi in the bear, but that's like so easy. Some of them are so easy. All you really need to do is wear an apron. I feel like it doesn't really count. Um, she Hulk. I didn't watch it, but I guess that was a Marvel or some TV show. Yeah, yeah. Queen Elizabeth, relevant. Oh yeah. Bridgerton again and Hocus Pocus witches. That's- oh yeah, I think witches are going to be big as usual. Yeah, and, and then and then I heard a rumor that. A lot of people this year are going as Dr. Jason Cohen. It's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird night. Uh there's gonna be a lot of Dr. Jason Cohen's out there. Have you ever gone to a Halloween costume party as a doctor? Yeah, because I'm lame. Because I'm totally lame. <laughs> I knew it. And I it's it. it's not that I've gone as a doctor. I just never took my scrubs off and said, <laughs> I'm a doctor. Oh, there was like a funny episode in Parks and Rec where Anne, who's a nurse, has a Halloween costume or ha- Halloween party. And all the people at Chain Bites come in just their scrubs. <laughs> they don't That's great. I love that. One year, I made a screenplay. And I went as a screenplay. I got like a whiteboard and for my front and back and put like three like a bindings and just wrote on the whiteboard my screenplay by da-da-da-da. Oh, that's cute. And I, and I went as my screenplay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I made that. I'm always like jealous of people who can come up with stuff like that. Yeah, that was that was one of. And then one year, years ago, my wife and daughter dressed me up in drag, and I wore one of my wife's dresses, and they put you know socks down my boobs and put on makeup and put a long hair wig on. That was that was one. I I don't know how women wear eye makeup. I cannot handle that stuff they were putting eye makeup i was like i i was like freaking out i can't i couldn't do it mm-hmm. but my hat's off to eye makeup and women who or men <laughs> wear eye makeup the women who get like fake eyelashes too that's like can't I, do that. irritant, I can't handle no way no way yeah are you gonna dress up this year no we're not dressing up we're just passing out candy being kind of lame i guess all right very good me neither hopefully not I'm actually on call this weekend, so although Halloween's Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not, so I can't, I can't claim I'm. A, I deliberate. I hate to admit, I always kind of try to put myself on call for Halloween so that I don't have to participate. I I'm not a big Halloween fan. Do people like dress up in the hospital? Do they like wear any? I mean, I know yeah, you some got to be serious. Sometimes but. some of the nurses do sometimes, and yeah, some of the ward secretaries do. Sometimes in the office they do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Live it is fun. It's a little. Yeah. Nice. All right, Lauren Taylor. All right, Dr. Cohen. I hope you have a nice night. You too. Thanks for joining us, everybody at Gross Anatomy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We'll see you soon. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.